0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast. My name is John Manuel. I am joined by our national writer for college baseball, the esteemed Aaron Fitt, Esquire, Esquire. So Aaron, welcome I feel esteemed
1: in. today, John, after winning the ACC tournament pool here in the office. I got to get that out there early. Uh, a dynasty, John, three and five years now.
0: Three and five years, and I am the op- I'm like the uh, oh, I'm not sure who I'm like the uh, Maryland baseball of baseball America's ACC basketball pool. I cons- consistently bring up the rear and draft players I don't like. And when I draft players I do like, who will remain nameless so there aren't any acu- accusations or mass on this week's podcast, but uh, they, they don't shoot for Jack. Uh, Jack Squat, put it that way. Just a terrible, I'd say terrible knucklehead performance turned in by me in our ACC fantasy tournament. And Aaron wins despite drafting a third-round pick, using a third-round pick on Ty Lawson who doesn't even play. That's impressive stuff. I'm sure
1: our, our readers tuned in to hear us talk about these
0: oh, 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 but, General uh, Grievous uh, Vasquez uh, coming through in a big way for Aaron Fit no this question. weekend. Well, if you want to have a college baseball fantasy league, obviously Steven Strasburg is going to be your number one pick. There's no doubt about that. But I think Ryan Barry would have been a good second yeah. pick this year, Aaron. And you would have gotten great value on Ryan Barry in the second, third, fourth round of, of some such draft. Yeah. Because Ryan Barry right now is one of the big stories in college baseball. Uh, you would have also would have been done. You would have also done fine had you drafted uh, any Texas pitcher, as Texas remains number one. But not a lot of movement in the top ten, Aaron. And I think the big story really right now is uh, Texas kind of holding serve. North Carolina sweeping a conference series on the road. Fullerton's continued to find performance this year. They stumbled in the first week and have been great since then. And then Rice, really being a team that we thought would be a little different from past Rice teams, more of an offense-first team. But Ryan Berry had just been so good this year. Uh, it looks like Rice is the, the, the song remains the same for Rice.
1: You know, Ryan Barry's a guy whose stock, frankly, had slipped after last year. Got shelled in Omaha again. Um, you know, and, and just didn't have a
0: very good year by his standards. Yeah, last eight, year. eight and five, and about a three hundred and fifty ERA, yeah. and just good. That's good right. in college was solid, baseball, sure. But he didn't look like the guy to wear the mantle of Rice ace.
1: And two years ago, as a freshman, he was he was better, frankly, than he was last year. But uh, uh, this is a guy who who came in and, and first start of the year against Cal Poly uh, struggled with his control, didn't throw strikes, and, and Wayne Graham kind of gave it to him. You know, he called him into his office and. Um, you know, Throw strikes he, he, he told him, you gotta be our guy And since then, John, he's been ridiculous He's been, <laughs> he's been better been than a, Steven Strasburg I know we ridiculous. haven't had the 18 strikeout games But we're talking three straight complete games One unearned run total Against good teams Texas A&M, Notre Dame can hit I mean, San Diego doesn't have a great offense, but I mean, that's a top twenty-five caliber team. It's a
0: team that you go in as a pitcher and you think, I can't give up yeah. much today because I'm facing another pitcher. And Kyle pitched now. very
1: well for, for Toreros. They needed two of those games. They really needed Barry to pitch well, uh, and he did. I mean, this guy is, is uh, you know, hey, if, if you if you had a player of the year vote today, he'd get my vote.
0: Wow, over Steven Strasburg. That's, I'd give my vote to Steven Strasburg. Yeah, you're but, right. uh, but
1: Barry would be right there.
0: Ryan Barry is a first-team All-American right now. If the yeah. season ended today. Ryan Berry is the first-team All-American, uh, and I, again, like I said, the, the top ten teams are the, still the same top ten teams they were last week. We did not hit Georgia hard. Uh, you know, we have Georgia at eight, and the Bulldogs basically held at eight, going three and two on the week, losing a conference series on the road at Alabama. We think Alabama's good. The Crimson yeah. Tide came back into the rankings this week at twenty-four. They were a preseason top twenty-five team. All things considered, I think Georgia, that was basically how I thought that series would go. Yeah, me I mean, so. if you had been picking Upset City like you used that was to, exactly what Alabama I would have been. was the one that you were going to pick. You, you called that last week, and uh, it sounds self-serving. But, hey, Aaron also picked the fantasy-winning t- team in our ACC Tournament League, so the guy can prognosticate a little bit. A um, couple other teams that we should talk about a little bit, Aaron, who dropped out of our top 25. Uh, since we just mentioned San Diego. Uh, that's on my mind. And the Toreros' nickname always makes me think of Fajita Quesadillas, for one. But number two, they're nine and 9-9 nine this year. Uh, and San Diego drops out of our rankings. Uh, also dropping out this week, Kent State. And with their schedule, they may not get back in. They yeah, might have to win 20 games in a row to get back in.
1: And, and you know, and, and I had an email about them this weekend saying, hey, don't give up on Kent State. Look, I'm not giving up on Kent State. I still think that they're a very, very good team that's going to be a factor, that's going to win the MAC, and is going to be in a regional. And, and uh, potentially have a chance to win a regional. I, I love their talent.
0: They're going to they really be a like dangerous team because their offense is really the strength of the team. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, they have some real power on to them now.
1: Bingo. But they the fact of the matter is these last two weeks were the only thing close to a legitimate test on their schedule. And, yeah, they went 2-2, two and two, you know, last weekend. They got a win against UNC Wilmington. They, they split two games with Wilmington and they split two games with Wright State. Right. Right. Uh, okay. They probably
0: need to go 3-1 in those games. Yeah,
1: and then, and then you go to Kennesaw State, which, I mean, it's not Georgia or North Carolina. You, right. Kennesaw State, and yeah, you lose two one-run games. I understand they're competitive. You, you face Heckathorny through well. you got to win those games if you want to stay ranked.
0: Right. Loss is a loss. So uh, Kent State drops out. Also, the O-State ball was uh, not balling this weekend. They drop out. And uh, that brings me to a couple points, actually. First off, Aaron, uh, you got the West Coast Conference, San Diego, a league that we think is a really... A deep league, probably as deep this year as it's been in any year, and yet as a whole, the WCC seems a little down because the top teams in that conference are not performing yet. Uh, St. Mary's off to, a, uh, sorry, Santa Clara off to a worse than expected start. Uh, same thing can be said for San Diego here, nine and nine, and then Pepperdine is playing okay, but they're eleven and five, and there's really not a team that looks like a national championship contender in the West Coast Conference at this point. At
1: this point in the season, you're right, and, and I think that I, th- I still think San Diego has the most upside out of this group. And as much as I like Pepperdine's team, I think Pepperdine is a, a good balanced veteran team. I just don't think they've got the kind of star power that yeah. San Diego has. If the Toreros can put it together,
0: It's like the star, the potential stars on uh, Pepperdine could be for next year, Alexander and Cook as juniors. Yeah, Brian Those two Humphrey guys, is the freshman center fielder oh, playing, playing well now, started start to get his, his bat hot for, for the ways exactly. I think Pepperdine is going to be a, a really good team this year. Yeah, I think probably will win that conference because the San Diego's bats, it's faces it haven't come around for two years. It's a huge problem. And then, uh, and then yeah, there's some other, but there's this, obviously it's very early in that league. They haven't even started conference play. Uh, then you have Kent State. That goes to another point we were talking about uh, off air today uh, about how the Midwest. You get the Big Ten having a great year so far as a conference. Yeah, other conferences in the Midwest, not as not so much. The Missouri Valley is kind of down. I think the MAC is not that hot this year. It? Doesn't look like. And, it? Um, and and we did a story about six years ago when Brian Bullington was the number one overall pick. We did a feature on how the MAC was better than the Big Ten straight out, more talent, and was producing more first round picks. I think that was true then. I think it's not true now. Uh, this is a good year for Big Ten baseball, and we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, as the year goes on. I'm sure. Uh, but also then, you are talking about Oregon State, and Aaron, the Pac-10, uh, the Big West right now is kind of making the Pac-10 yeah. and the West Coast Conference look bad. The yeah. Big West has four teams in our top 25 and a fifth, UC Riverside, on the outside looking in. And meanwhile, the Pac-10 and the uh, West Coast Conference have a lot of teams with middling records. How about the Pac-10 with a... Uh, one with team two, in the rankings. One team in the rankings in Arizona State. That's shocking. Uh, Number two, only four teams with winning records right now. And number three, two teams, Stanford, which is off for exams because, you know, they take classes at Stanford, and UCLA, both under 300 with their winning percentages. And that's after UCLA, which you saw this weekend, plays really its best weekend of the year, Aaron. Uh, Pac-10, what gives? It's down. Yeah. I mean, it it was
1: up last year. It was way up last year. I thought it should have had more than the five bids, I believe, that it got. Right. Right. Uh, but it's down this year. I think you know even Arizona State at the top is is clearly a good team, but, but not a great. They're team. not a great team. Not like, like they were, were last, last year. year. Yeah. I mean, you know there's
0: some question marks there. Well, uh, let's let's put it this way. Let's put it in college basketball tournament uh, terms. Uh, the SEC terrible league in basketball this year. Everyone agrees. The committee agreed. Was it just a down year in the SEC? Or was it historically down year, like this year, uh, according to Jerry Palm of collegerpi.com, he said the SEC in basketball this year was the lowest-rated RPI he's ever had for a power conference in the 11 years he's done this. Wow. Is it that bad of a year in the Pac-10, or do you think it's just a, a young year in the Pac-10?
1: Yeah, no, I don't think it's that bad, because I do think, hey, I mean, maybe I'm crazy, John. I do think UCLA will be better than this.
0: I do, too, but that's um, because they're 5-12. and 12. They'll be better than that. They'll be they won't finish the year... With a 294 winning percentage. I, think I, I think.
1: I think. UCLA will be a regional team again. Okay. I, I think that, uh, uh, you know, Southern Cal. I don't not? know what to make of those guys. I just don't know what to make of those guys. I mean, they. I don't either. At this point, I, I would bet they're probably not a regional team. They have regional kind of talent, that's for sure. Well,
0: we'll really find out this weekend when UCLA plays USC, and which figures to be a critical series. Yeah. Again, because the Pac-10 yeah. is really wide open. I don't think there's a doubt about that. It is a- wide open. Arizona,
1: despite sweeping Michigan this weekend, is, is not as good as it was last year. Not even close.
0: No, not even close. They've played a, a good schedule, and they seem to lose every game to good teams. And that's You know you just kind of gave the lie to my point about how the Big Ten is good, because Arizona is a middle-of-the-Pac, pack pac 10 team, although right now they actually have one of the best records in the league. And I think Michigan is one of the three or four top contenders in the Big Ten, yeah. if not the favorite. And you know, right now, Arizona just waxed them. That, that's you know, that's the thing
1: Wax on, wax off. I think you're talking about the Big Ten, and it's good by. It's I'll, I'll be discussing this in, in, in three strikes a little bit, but I think by you know relative to its region, the Big Ten is is a lot better than the Missouri Valley Conference. It's still not the Pac-10. Right. And you know even though, even a down year for the Pac-10 is better than an up year in the Big Ten. That's just the way it is.
0: You look at Arizona. I mean, they played three teams of note. Georgia swept at home. Oklahoma State swept at home in a two-game series. Michigan swept three games. So I think it tells you the chasm between Michigan and Oklahoma State, Michigan and Georgia. And if Michigan is indeed the best team in the, in the, in the Big Ten, it's at least one of the top three or four. And then you're saying that Michigan is really just not in the class of a middle-of-pack again, yeah. uh, Pac-10 pack team, because you know Arizona's wins, Sacramento State, UNLV, Holy Cross, UMass, and then Michigan. It's not a. Uh, it's not exactly the 27 Yankees are out there beating. Well, let's
1: give credit to to Minnesota and Illinois, two big-ten sure, sure. teams that have really performed. I mean, Minnesota this week going to Texas Christian and, and winning the first two games of that series, boy, I, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, neither did uh, I. And I didn't see I bet
0: you Rob Fornes here and John Anderson didn't see that no. coming. They probably, lo- they probably were thinking, hey, let's go out there and play well and see what happens. And they had confidence in their yeah. team, but they probably didn't see winning two games at TCU. And, and, and
1: Illinois last weekend, of course, going to LSU, we talked about that, of course, last week, but uh, didn't see that coming either. So, hey, those are two teams that have performed. We decided to bring Minnesota into the rankings this week over Illinois. Uh, we like Minnesota's talent better. Um, we had them higher in the preseason. And, and I like their body of work of a little bit yeah. more, too. I mean, they, they had wins earlier in the year at that Dairy Queen event over UC Santa Barbara. Washington and Hawaii, I mean, right. those aren't, you know, huge powerhouse teams. Santa Barbara's very good. Yeah, I uh, mean,
0: they're doing they're 2-1 two and two and one in the Big East, Big Ten challenge, you know, uh, uh, being West Virginia, losing to Seton Hall. Then for some reason they played Michigan State. is that, too many Big Ten teams. Ah, there? well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, Lost to Hawaii, not a bad loss. Hawaii's got one of the nation's top freshmen in John Manuel Fave, Colton Wong, had three home runs yesterday. First player in U of H history to hit three home runs at Les Murakami Stadium. And I actually met, in person, my first U of H uh, alumnus this weekend. Is that right? Yes, uh, Leona. I don't remember Leona's name, but a half-Japanese, half-Jewish Catholic who goes to the Greek Orthodox Church. Go figure. So then you got U-Dub. How the ring looked, U-Dub. They beat U-Dub. We're talking about Minnesota again here, not Leona. Uh, They beat uh, Hawaii. Uh, Lost to Northern Iowa, which is a scrappy uh, bunch of... uh, guys who are about to have their program eliminated and are trying like heck to keep their program going. Uh, and then they've, you know, they've won uh, six, five or six straight games since then, So, and two of those coming at TCU. So to me, I don't want to get too transitive property on you here, but that tells you the gap between Minnesota and Cal State and Fullerton is not as great as you might think when they beat TCU, TCU which went to Cal State Fullerton, went two out of three. doesn't mean I think Minnesota is better. It just means that that Minnesota, to me, has shown that they're closer to, t- to a team like Fullerton and TCU. Then Michigan has shown uh, you just can't go get swept and not score in two games at, at Arizona. I, that's a pretty bad series in my mind for yes. Michigan. And the, the big question for the Big Ten is, is the Big Ten uh, and they got seven bids in the basketball tournament. I'm going to get to that in a second. But seven bids in the basketball tournament, Aaron, which is really just way too many uh, for the caliber of college basketball played in the Big Ten. Um, I'm an ACC homer when it comes to basketball and I'm unapologetic about it. But when it comes to baseball, I think that you might have two or three Big Ten teams when it's all said and done who might have a claim to being uh, you know, in the field of 64 uh, when it's all said and done. Teams are going to have some gaudy records. But then you have Iowa at the bottom. You have Northwestern. You have Michigan State to a 2-13 and 13 start. You have Indiana struggling right now at 6-8. and eight. The bottom of the league is really going to hurt the top of the league when it comes to RPI. At best, I think that Big Ten is going to be a two-bid league. At best, and that's going to make it's going to make it very interesting as we watch down the line. Minnesota's going to have a better chance to be an at-large team with their non-conference schedule than someone like in Indiana, someone like in Illinois. I don't know how much Illinois to be able to put on that two-out-of-three series at LSU. To me, you got the conference tournament champion, and then if that's not the regular season champion, the, the regular season champion probably has the inside track to being. Yeah, a large team. What do you right. think of the Big Ten as far as that goes?
1: Yeah, I think you're. I think you're dead on. I think it's probably. I think it's got a chance to be a two bid league. And, and going into the year, we thought it was a one bid league. So they've already boosted their stock. Uh, but you know, are they gonna have a chance for three, like like the Big East had two years ago? Not believe. I just likely. don't think so. I just think, like you said, because of the teams at the bottom. I mean, they might have three teams that are maybe regional caliber teams. If you've got Minnesota and you know Michigan, I still think is going to be there. I think that. Uh, Illinois has proven that it's, it's a contender here, at least for right. the Big Ten title. Ohio State's doing its usual, beating States... up on,
0: on not much uh, uh, ske- not much of a schedule. Uh, I think, I and think then that Indiana's th- got all kinds of talent. Matt right. Bashoor's not pitching well at all, but he's not the only pitcher they have. Uh, and they, they should be better than they're than their, their playing right now.
1: But it's a two-bit league. And, and I'll tell you, as much as I'm, I'm impressed with Minnesota, and I do like Minnesota's talent, it still felt a little strange having Minnesota at number 25 this week as a team that, you know... I mean, they had a really good weekend. They had one other pretty solid weekend. Uh, Let's—I mean, let's see what they do. I'm very curious to see what they do moving forward. Let's put it that way.
0: Right, and they—they they'll, you know, really—they uh, don't come home until uh, and they played some home games, obviously, with the Dairy Queen tournament, and they played them in the Metrodome. But now they're on the road. They're going to be in Texas. that Arlington, Dallas Baptist, and they open up at Indiana. They don't come home until April 1st. So to me, the you know. Minnesota the interesting thing here is Minnesota's a team that I think uh, again comparing them to Illinois there's a, a whole lot of college baseball talk in the Big 10 probably more than ever on the podcast including when you were at the Big East Big 10 yeah, challenge right. um, but to me Minnesota's more of the offensive club and uh, even though they pitched really well against TCU this weekend but I think Illinois made its mark and a- by the way they pitched at LSU but to me those two teams those two series Illinois LSU and Minnesota winning at TCU that stamps us as regional caliber clubs. I mean, you don't want to put too much in one weekend, but those are two really loud series wins. That's uh, the Baseball America College Podcast. He's Aaron Fit. I'm John Manuel. We don't want to, probably should, uh, I don't know how many subscribers we have in Big Ten Country. So let's move on a little bit, Aaron, by taking a question at podcast at baseballamerica.com from Eric Sipes. I'm sorry, I thought it was Snipes, but it's actually Sipes. And uh, he's an Ole Miss fan. Uh, he says, so far, and this was said last week, he says, so far Ole Miss has been hard to gauge. Um, and, you know, he was glad they didn't play the full series against TCU because of the the way All Miss was playing. He was glad those games got weathered out. He says, should we basically, the gist of his question was, I'm somewhat concerned about our pitching. Should we be worried about the Rebels pitching this year? Or do you think we have the talent to make a run in the SEC? Aaron said, I, I query you, Ole Miss, uh, good enough to make a run. We have them this week at uh, checking out number 12. After an impressive series victory at Vanderbilt, where they beat Mike Mina, and they won two out of three. Do they have the talent on the mound?
1: Yes. Uh, that talent has not performed particularly well so far. I think it is a concern. Uh, Aaron Barrett, uh, after starting, I think, pretty good that first week, has been downright bad for three weeks. And he didn't get
0: out Didn't last more than one inning this week.
1: It's, it's, it's not encouraging. I mean, this is a guy who's got a big arm, and they were kind of counting on him to be a Friday or at least a Saturday guy for them. Uh, you know, a guy who was uh, one of the top prospects in the Northwoods League last summer. And one of the better
0: junior college recruits in the country, basically. There's you no know. question.
1: He was in our top 200, I'm pretty sure, John, heading uh, to the draft. I mean, he's 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 a guy, and he has not performed. And for whatever reason, we'll have to find out more about that. And talk to the coaching staff over there. But, but so uh, let's that, face it, a,
0: they did lose a lot of SEC experience yeah. in the weekend rotation. I thought it was probably a positive to not have Lance Lynn and especially Cody Satterwhite around anymore. That's nothing personal, but Cody Satterwhite. But he was pretty underwhelming for three years in college for a guy with that kind of stuff. Lance Lindow, though, I
1: think. I mean, I, I know that, you know.
0: That was a guy who went to the post every Friday night for a couple of years in the SEC. That's a, that's a big experience loss. That's hard to overcome. He was a competitor, too. He was a true Friday night guy in the SEC. And right now they're looking for that
1: guy because Drew Pomerantz is great stuff. Uh, but he hasn't had a great start to the year either. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for him to, to put it all together and, and live up to his talent. Uh, right now, Philip Irwin's been their best guy the last couple of weeks, and that's good, but I do worry about their pitching.
0: And also, Scott Biddle, let's face it, what he did last year was pretty impossible to replicate, yeah. and he has found that the case. Um, it's just hard to be that dominant. Uh, again, that, that, that year was just such an unbelievable year, and it's nothing against Scott Biddle, but he was probably in a little bit. He probably pitched over his head last year.
1: Now, now, all that said, John, I, I think their offense is better than it was last year, and I think their defense is better than it was last year. So, if their pitching can just be decent, then I think they're going to be in pretty good shape in that league. I mean, it's, you know, the key thing is in the middle of the infield, especially, I think Kevin Mort has been a stabilizer uh, at shortstop. That's a spot where they had huge problems right, last year. Right. I think they had more than 30 errors there after, you know, basically the, the number that, that Coach Bianco said this last week was they had more errors last year at shortstop than they had. The previous three errors combined when Zach Cozart was there. Wow. So having Kevin Moore is key for them at Shorten, and I like their, their depth offensively. Um, I do think they're a factor. We'll see how the pitching comes together. I'm not going to pronounce them an Omaha team today, but they're, they're a contender for it.
0: And the SEC is also, in my mind, wide open. Um, LSU right now has been about what we expected. Anthony Renato really emerging and blossoming as the ace that we thought he had. He had the potential to be and that he had to be for LSU. Georgia has been, I think, uh, it's fair to say, a little bit better than expected. Um, They've been about, frankly,
1: what I expected. I mean, if you look at their schedule, they—I'm you know, not saying they should have been fourteen and zero, but they right, should have been twelve and two. I mean, you know, they should have had a strong start against that schedule with the kind of talent they had on the mound. But
0: it's a fair, young team though, too. I mean, it's I didn't young, expect a young team like that with that many freshmen contributing to come out and, and right. play that well. Five, all.
1: five freshmen contributing regularly, but they also have. Veteran leadership on that team, you know, they Rich Poirier, and Bryce Masanari and these guys. I mean, they they've got, you know, I think I think they're exactly pretty much what we thought they would be, John. Okay, they're, they're they, they are team. who we thought they were. They're a talented team that that is going to be a potential, you know, super regional type.
0: I'm ready to crown them. Uh, and then uh, we have Ole Miss, still a little funky there. Arkansas off to a good start and an impressive sweep this weekend against Florida, and yet the Razorbacks. They just seem a little thin on the mound to me.
1: They're thin on the mound. That's their weakness. They, they have some good arms, but they don't have a ton of good arms.
0: I would hate to be Dallas Keuchel in a Super Regional for them this year. I foresee 200-plus innings pitched for Keuchel in a Super Regional if he gets that far for Arkansas, or maybe even in a Regional. I didn't mean to get all Karnak on you there. Uh, a little Johnny Carson reference back when you were four. Uh, I'm sure you got that. Uh, I guess eight is when he retired. 1992, you were eight, correct? I was, that was ten. Wow. I'm selling you short. Um, and then, uh, But the rest of the SEC, uh, Alabama, you know, South Carolina off to an okay start. Uh, Vanderbilt's off to a pretty middling start. Florida's already been swept twice there. And I, I think it's fair to say the Southeastern Conference hasn't quite been as strong as we thought it would be yet. Is that fair to say, or am I throwing a little dirt on you the know, SEC's I, Again, grid?
1: I, I hate to sound like a know-it-all, but it, it's kind of what I thought it would be. I thought it was a, a deep league without a – I mean, I think after LSU – I mean, I thought maybe Ole Miss would be
0: a little better. Yeah, a little better. But yeah. I mean,
1: they, you know, they're still number twelve right now. They're doing okay. I, I still mean, look a,
0: you still looking at an eight or nine or ten bid uh, SEC teams. Ten obviously would be extraordinary. But we are still looking at an eight, nine bid SEC.
1: I think so. I think I think Georgia, I think uh, LSU, Arkansas, Mississippi. I feel pretty confident in those four. I think Kentucky will probably be there. Uh, that's fine. Tennessee
0: I mean, right now. Tennessee and Florida are the two disappointing teams. I Those think. are disappointing, but. Florida's South- had the injuries of their pitching staff, injuries in the suspension. So. And they're, they're not, you know, conceivably, they thought they'd have Toledo, Locke, and. Keating and, and Mirande. And that's it. And instead, they've got basically two freshmen in their weekend rotation. Uh, they're reliant, very reliant on freshmen. And yeah. uh, we're keeping our eye on Alex This for the 2013 Greek World Baseball Classic team. There you go. Um, but, but I think Auburn is, is maybe surprised some
1: people right now. They're on a hot streak, and, and I think they're going to be a factor. I, I, I like their talent heading into the year.
0: Um, and they've won nine out of 10. So, I mean, Auburn, and one of those is an Alabama win. Always good to beat Alabama if you're Auburn, uh, no matter if it's a conference series or not. I think it's
1: an eight-bid league. I mean, that's, that's what I thought heading into the year, and I, and I still think so.
0: Mississippi State playing well in John Cohen's first year, not really playing anybody. Uh, Valpo, uh, Nichols State. Uh, they lost three out of four at Hawaii, but they did, you know, come out and play well this weekend. against. guess the, they, they battled against South Carolina. You're going to have to battle, and that's an impressive series win for Mississippi State. There's no way to put it. I mean, that's a, that's a big surprise. I thought that was a series South Carolina kind of had to have in my it's, mind. It's
1: hard. To, it's like, like you know, all the coaches will tell you. It's hard to win an SEC series on the road, even against the number 12 team. And Mississippi State is, I think, clearly the number 12 team in this league talent-wise. Uh, even the coaching staff. I mean, John Cohen will tell you they're not as talented as, as they, they have been.
0: And you got to give them credit; they jumped all over Sam Dyson this weekend. Who's uh, a big power arm? A, was that his first college loss? Sam Dyson. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. First collegiate loss, and Mississippi State hands it to him. So, uh, credit to the Bulldogs uh, there. Uh, just running out the top twenty-five poll, we have Virginia coming into the rankings for the first time this week, air this year, Aaron at twenty-three. Uh, You you are a believer in the Wahoos. It's 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 been a very consistent program over the last few years. They've recruited very well, they've pitched very, very well, they've had some weak non-conference schedules they have beat up on. And in my mind, they've consistently underachieved a little bit. And that's maybe put them a lot lot on a program without history. And that's maybe my mistake. Virginia has really, they're trying to build some history really there. But they've lost a couple regionals at home. Um, They've had a couple teams that were ranked in the preseason and really didn't live up to that. This year, we were a little bit more cautious on them. But boy, they are the last unbeaten team in Division One. Is that correct?
1: That is correct. And, and the big thing for them is those sophomores are taking a step forward. You know, I think we talked about this in the podcast last week. Guys like Dan Grovat and Jared Parker and, um, you know, Phil Goslin And those guys are better than they were. Stephen Prochet their, their freshman class has been exceptional. Uh, and, and I really like their class heading into the year, and those guys have performed. Stephen Prochet at third base, New Jersey product, hitting like crazy. In the middle of the lineup. And Danny Holtson looks like uh, – uh, one of you know potential All-American this year as a two-way player. Sean kinda, Doolittle, part two, for he's, sure. He's 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 been uh, outstanding on Friday nights for them, and you know the strikeout walk numbers are absurd. Thirteen more strikeouts against Florida State this week against yeah. a very good Florida State offense. In
0: the Coastal Division again, Virginia, Georgia Tech, Miami, North Carolina, all looking very good. Duke playing very well. Very competitive series. Yeah. Losing twenty-three in Miami. Meanwhile, the Atlantic, you got Clemson. And then Boston College has been better than expected. But Florida State, 1-3. NC State up to a 1-5 start in that conference. That one is a surprise. Losing a doubleheader. Was that at home yeah. to Maryland? Mm-hmm. Hoochie mama. And that's not even with Gary Williams coaching the Terrapins. So that's very impressive. That's the basketball. I'd expect General Grievous Vasquez out there. You'd expect that. Uh, that would be possible. But uh, maybe Sidney Lowe uh, took over the Wolfpack this weekend because that was not, yeah, that's not a something series. I expected. If
1: you're NC State, John, you have absolutely got to win that series against Maryland at home. I mean, that's just a.
0: I think you have to sweep that series, to be honest with you. At home, in the ACC, you need to sweep Maryland. That's a
1: horrible series loss. I, I, I really i am very disappointed with the way NC State has, has played this year. This was a team that I thought was a borderline, tough one yeah. five team going into the year. Absolutely. Um, they go to Miami. You know, it's, it's, it's disappointing to get swept, but it's Miami. You're on the road. They should have won two of those games, uh, they didn't. You know the the fact is, if you're a veteran team, especially with veterans in 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 the bullpen, you you can't finish games. um,
0: You gotta win that one. Now you gotta win that one. They scored, and you know the same problem they had last year. They scored four runs in the last two games. NC State's offense has been light the last couple of years, and. Unusual, that has not usually been the problem for an LA event coach team. I'm wondering if there's going
1: to be some kind of a shakeup down there with the lineups or, or rotation or something. they got to shake something up because that's
0: a, that's a bad series. Really, they haven't played well since they had the 31 strikeout game against Akron. <laughs> they've
1: lost, John, they've lost three out of their four weekends this year because they lost their first weekend. You're right. Uh, the, the, the tournament at home.
0: I, you are correct, sir, and that is uh, not anticipated. That, that is weird, wild stuff that NC State would do that. I mean, we don't think they're a juggernaut, but we certainly thought they'd be better than this. And Maryland has not gone to regionals since 1971. So forgive me for thinking you should always sweep Maryland. But when you're a home team in the Atlantic Coast Conference, unless they're rolling Steve Schmoll out there, you better sweep Maryland. So uh, we started with the ACC. We finished with the ACC. Kudos to Virginia for that 15-0 start. Aaron, another nice podcast. You can send your questions to us at podcast.baseballamerica.com, and we'll read them. Uh, that's what we do here at the Baseball America Podcast. So for ACC Tournament Fantasy Champion Aaron Fit, I'm John Manuel. We'll see you next week on the Baseball America College Podcast. Until then, so long, everybody.